Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at stevewood 2 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel this morning. Uh, just a, a couple of announcements. We're hoping that next weekend we'll be able to meet on Sunday. They haven't given any restrictions for next weekend yet. Now, you know how it is. We may come up to Friday of next week and they may say lockdown. But uh, we're planning right now on having services next, not, not Sunday. I can't say next Sunday, can I? <laughs> uh, a week from this coming Sunday. And uh, so mark that on your calendars. That'll be the 17th. And uh, so uh, uh, plan on that. Let others know. Uh, I know it's because of a weekday that other, other people can't come. I'd already gotten notices that people couldn't be here today because of, of uh, obligations they have. And uh, so, but we're glad that you're here and uh, glad that we're able to meet together on a Friday, even though we can't be together uh, two days from now. And uh, so join with us as we begin our song service. And... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask Freddie, if he will, to come and lead us in prayer before we have that song. And our first hymn is going to be, Our God is an Awesome God. So as soon as Freddie is through with his prayer, we'll have this song. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray and thank you that we do have a church that we are able to go to, dear Lord. I pray for our pastor. I pray for each and every one of us here today. I also pray for the ones that are not here, Lord. Lord, just be with us and let this church grow, grow in the way that you want it to do. I pray to you, Lord God, and ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we begin with our first prayer?
Calvary is our next hymn. So let us stand together if you'd like and uh, sing with us as we sing at Calvary. This morning, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We're going to be reading with the first verse there in just a minute. As we think about the subject of a new beginning. We have finished the year 2020, right? I thought maybe I'd hear a yay out there. <laughs> Uh, but um, um, we celebrated Christmas without being able to come to church for part of that time. We were planning on a Christmas Eve service. Didn't happen. Um, anyway, that's, that's okay. I even uh, thought about maybe having a New Year's Eve service. Have you ever gone to one of those? Some of them I've gone to where you see the old year out and the new year in, you stay past midnight. Well, for our group, I was just going to have a service in the afternoon and not, not keep us until after midnight. But anyway, uh, we probably couldn't stay until after midnight here anyway, could we? Because we were, well, anyway, we couldn't even have services. But <clears throat> this morning... I'd like to ask us to reflect on our lives and what we would like to see happen in our lives in this new year. Now you can think about what you'd like to happen in the world, what you would like to happen in Panama, what you would like to happen in the United States, what you'd like to happen in your family. All of those things are relevant for us to think about and certainly for us to pray about. But what I want to talk to you about today is what's happening in your life and what God would want in your life. As we begin this new year, 
We're going to be reflecting, of course, on Jesus Christ and our personal relationship and worship with Him. But I'd like for you to think about some New Year resolutions. In fact, I've got four that I'd like to present to you today that I'd like for you to consider. But let us read first of all from Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin reading with verse 1. And I, I want to read in the Holloman translation today because I believe this reflects a little better the wording that's given in the original Greek. It says, When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability to speak. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear in our own native language? Let us pray. Father, we thank You today that we have the privilege of being in Your house. And I pray that You would be with each one that are here today, that we might be moved by Your Spirit, and that we might understand great and wonderful truths that You want to present to us as we begin this new year. And as we think about our lives, and our lives in 2021. And Father, I pray that if there are decisions that are needed from those that are here in this building, or maybe those that are listening to our podcast today, that these decisions would be made. And again, Father, we praise You for who You are and for what You're doing. For we know that You're doing a work in our day, just like You did a work in the day that we're reading about in the Scriptures here. And I pray that your blessings would be felt. Your blessings would be seen. Your blessings would be heard. And your blessings would be told as we go from this place. And we ask this in Jesus' name, for he is worthy. Amen. As the year 2020 has come to an end, what kind of year has it been for you? A year of some changes for some of you, for sure. Maybe it's a year that you would like to quickly forget. Or maybe it's a year that you have some cherished memories that you want to remember and not forget. But the Bible does tell us, leaving those things that are behind, let us press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, right? So even if it was a wonderful year for you, let that be a year to build on and not just be passive and say, oh, I've done what I need to do. I've accomplished all I need to accomplish, Bob. <laughs> and... Have you ever heard of the expression setting on your laurels? Have you ever heard that? Now, I'm not sure what a laurel is, but I get the idea, don't you? And Dr. Fred, it means that we're not to sit still, right? We're to move forward. We're to go on. We're to accomplish some things in our day and time. Now, some of us are getting on up in years. I know that. 
pretty. I'm sorry about that. But it doesn't matter what our age, does it? It matters whether we give our lives to the Lord for Him to use and for Him to accomplish some things in the future. Now some of you have, have been wonderfully used of God in the past. And I'm thankful for that. But I think just as God has used you to accomplish things in the past, He wants to use us to accomplish things in the future as well. Do you agree with me? This morning I want to focus on some New Year's resolution that I think each one of us should consider. Maybe that you're already doing some of these things. Maybe that you're already accomplishing all of these things, and that's great. But before we delve into that topic, I thought that it might be interesting for us to look at some failed resolutions in the past. A story is told that at the beginning of a new year, a high school principal decided that he was going to post his teacher's New Year's resolutions on the bulletin board in the hall, with their permission, of course. And he did that. And then as the teachers came in that next morning, they all gathered around the bulletin board and began to read the other people's, supposedly, New Year's resolution. And all of a sudden, he heard a commotion there at the bulletin board. One person was having, well, I'll just say it, a conniption fit. Have you ever heard that phrase? She was having some real problems. And this teacher then was heard to say by the principal, why weren't my resolutions posted? Hmm. So the principal ran quickly back to his office. He thought, well, did I overlook somebody? And sure enough, her resolutions were laying over to the side and he had failed to pick those up and get those posted on the bulletin board. And so he looked at it as he was taking those back to the bulletin board. And the first resolution that this teacher had made, not to get upset over little things. As he read that resolution, <laughs> he couldn't believe it. Not to let little things bother her in the new year. How about this one? A son called his parents on New Year's to wish them a happy New Year, of course. And when his dad answered the phone, he said, Dad, what's your New Year's resolution? And the dad told his son, to make your mother as happy as I can all year. Well, they talked some more. And after he finished his conversation with his dad, his mom got on the phone. And he asked her the same question. Mom, what's your New Year's resolution? And she says, my New Year's resolution is to make sure your dad keeps his resolution. Or some of you may have given up on resolutions. And you may have the same attitude that, as the characters in the cartoon Calvin and Hobbes. The cartoon character Calvin once said, God put me on this earth to accomplish a certain number of things. Right now, I'm so far behind, I'll never die. Let that one soak in a minute. Regardless of past successes or failures, I'd like to give you a challenge this morning for some New Year's resolutions that I think are keeping with God's Word and what God would have in our lives. And we need to understand that keeping New Year's resolutions that I'm going to present today is a team effort. 
It's not something you can do on your own. We need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit to join with us this year as we put these resolutions before the Lord and ask Him to help us as we endeavor to keep them. Now, remember we read in the Scriptures from Acts chapter uh, 2, Acts chapter 2 a minute ago, how the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they were facing a new day in their lives as well. It wasn't a new year as far as we know, but it was certainly a new day for them. Something completely different than what they'd had in the past. Now, their hopes had recently been crushed as their leader, their person in charge of their group had died. You remember that. And so their dreams were shattered. But he had been gloriously resurrected from the dead. I don't have to tell you about that. You know about that. But they were instructed to wait in the upper room, the same place where Jesus had earlier instituted the Lord's Supper. And while they were waiting in that upper room, they were thinking about, I'm sure, the things that Jesus had said. The job that was before them. The things that need to be done. But they lacked both the power and the desire to carry that out. He had already given the Great Commission, had He not? Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every individual. And so they knew that was the job. They knew that that was what they needed to do. But they were scared to death. And I think they were more huddled in that upper room than they were meeting together. Oh, they've done some things, and I'll not talk about that this morning. That's not part of the message that I need to be talking about. But as they waited, the Holy Spirit entered. And as He entered that picture, it made all the difference in the world. These individuals were filled with the Holy Spirit. And He was powerfully engaging these individuals to carry out that great commission that I mentioned a moment ago. And they did that right then. Now Jesus had told them to go into all the world, had He not? Go to every nation. Well, the... Uh, Lord had brought all the nations there, representatives of, there in Jerusalem. And He gave them the ability to speak to them in their own native language. Quite an amazing thing. Now Jesus spoke of that same Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 26. When He said, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send Him in My name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. So you see, as they gathered together in the upper room there, they were able to remember the things that Jesus had said. Now this has to do with the writing of the Scriptures more than just them remembering right then, but this was something He said the Holy Spirit would do. And as we contemplate a new year, and New Year's resolutions in particular, as we're thinking about today, we need to realize that we can't be successful in keeping those resolutions apart from God. 
John 15 verse 5 says, you, can't do, you can do nothing without me. Jesus said that. You can do nothing without me. And the me in this verse is clearly the Lord. We need His help. We need Him with us. And He is telling us, in effect, that we're not alone in the work that He wants us to do. The Apostle Paul made that clear in Philippians 4.13 when he said, I'm able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. How many things is the Apostle Paul able to do through the Lord's strength? All things. Anything that God is asking us to do. That's what he's saying. When these thoughts are in our minds, I'd like to offer to you today some good resolutions for you in 2021. First of all, find time for God. Building that personal relationship with Christ. Now how do we do that? Well, in the course of each day, one of the things that I think all of us need to do is to carve out a certain time when we're going to meet with God every day. You can call this a quiet time. You can call this a devotional time. You know, people have different names for it. But if you want something to happen, I encourage you to write it down. Make a note of it. Put it in your journal or put it on a calendar. And do you know what? When you write it down, the odds of it happening just increased. Where in your day can you make an appointment with God? A time when you meet with Him and you talk with Him and you let Him speak with you through His Word. It can be a time when you read the Scriptures, of course. Maybe you have some favorite devotional books that you use in that time. Maybe it is that you've got a book that is something that influences you and, and you'd like to read some pages from that. Or, uh, you know, uh, you can choose different things that can influence you during that period of time that you set aside to commune with God. And then God is able to speak to you. Through His Word. And He convicts us through the Holy Spirit, doesn't He? And that's communication from God for you as well. Wanda and I have been doing this for a long time. Our time is the very first time in the morning. We get up, and after I make the coffee, of course, we have our time with God. Our quiet time. Also, one of the things that I'd encourage you to do is not try to spend an hour with God at first. I think your time may increase as you want to spend time with God. But use the exercise principle. Now let me tell you what that means. If you spend an hour exercising, physical exercise, and this is your first time to exercise in a long time, you're going to be so sore the next day, you won't exercise. In fact, this very thing happened to me when I was in college. They had a place in the gym that was called the weight room. And so... One New Year's, I decided that I was going to get better in shape. And so I went to the weight room. And when I went there, I saw a very petite young lady. And she was 
doing weights. And I said to myself, you know, if she can do that, I can do that. And so I was so sore the next day, I didn't go back. In fact, I didn't go back for a year. It was a year later at another New Year's resolution type thing that I finally went back. And the same thing can happen to you in being with God. You carve out too large a period of time and you may not want to go back. You may not go back. And so choose a few minutes. You know, God had rather meet with us a few minutes a day than 30 minutes once a year, right? So choose a time that you're able to fit into your schedule. And then increase that time as time goes by, as God convicts you, and you see your availability for Him to speak with you at other times, at, at more times. And as you build that relationship, you'll learn to hear God's voice through His Word, through the Scriptures. And He's going to personally convict you, guide you, teach you, counsel you, and yes, even comfort you as you go through life. And then, secondly, start to become an active participant in His church, in worship and Bible study. Now, if this church is not the one for you, where you can become involved, find one somewhere. Some people just don't care for my preaching. I understand that. That's okay. I'm not upset about that. But if this is the church or if it's another church, don't just come on Sunday morning once a month or God forbid once a year, maybe on Easter. And expect to grow personally. That's not going to happen, is it? I strongly believe that in order to become all that we can be for the Lord, we need each other. We need fellowship with each other. And so I would encourage you to get involved in a Bible study. We're, we're going to, again, have our Bible study on Sunday morning. Hopefully we'll have Wednesday evening services. We may have services at other times. But small groups, maybe it's a uh, home Bible study, but get involved in small groups where you can fellowship with other believers and other Christians. Now I know we're not able to do that like we want to here. We're restricted to a two hour window a week for us to meet together. That's all they give us. That's all the government allows. That means time for setup. That means time for uh, closing down. That means time for our services. And so we just meet one hour a week. That's not enough, is it? That's not nearly what I want to have. But right now, that's, we use what we've got. And we do what we can. Listen to a letter I want to read to you that one pastor supposedly had received from one of his members. He said, Dear Pastor, you often stress attendance at worship and in Bible study as something very important for us Christians. But I think that a person has a right to miss now and then, don't you? I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons. And I give the number of times or number of days by the side of the times that we miss. Here's what he did. Christmas holidays. Two Sundays. The Sunday before and after Christmas. New Year's. Well, the party is going to last too long. One Sunday. 
Easter. Get away for the holidays, two Sundays. Labor Day. Need to get away, two Sundays. Memorial Day. Visit hometown folks, one Sunday. School closing. Kids need a break, so one Sunday. School reopens. One last trip with the children prior to school starting again, one Sunday. Family reunions. Mine and my wife's, three Sundays. Sleep late. Staying up too long Saturday night, three Sundays. Deaths in the family, two Sundays. Anniversaries. Second honeymoon, one Sunday. Sickness. One per family member, five Sundays. Business trips, a must, four Sundays. Vacations, four weeks a year, six Sundays. Bad weather. Ice, snow, rain, clouds, five Sundays. Ball games, two Sundays. Races week, two Sundays. Unexpected company, can't walk out on them, two Sundays. Time change, spring and fall, two Sundays. Special on TV, Super Bowl and so forth, three Sundays. July 4th, national holiday in the U.S., one Sunday. Now, if you added those up, here's what he says. Pastor, that leaves two Sundays per, per year. So you can count on me and my wife and family being in church on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday in August unless we're providentially hindered. <laughs> Sincerely, a faithful member. Well, I don't know about how faithful that member is to you. But folks, it's you that miss out but not getting involved in church. Now, the third resolution, choose to become a regular tither this year. Now you think I'm meddling, don't you? But I'd like for you to listen to what the Word has to say. Many have the opinion that tithing is something that was just for the Old Testament period of time. But I'd like for you to listen to what God says in the Old Testament, yes. But He's daring those people to take Him up on His offer. And there's very few times in the Scriptures where you're going to find God daring us to do anything. Let me read Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it all in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. You hear what he says? Try it. Let me prove it to you. I would challenge you, beginning this new year, to take your first paycheck or first check, whatever, wherever it comes from, and give God the first fruits of it, the first 10%, if you're not already doing that. And that's before any bill is paid, that's before anything else goes out. Give God 10% of your gross income. Not your net, but your gross. And I believe if we obey Him, His Word is going to be true to us just like it was in the Old Testament. And He's going to bless us. Now God could demand 100%, couldn't He? It all belongs to Him anyway. We're really not giving to God. We're just dividing a portion of what God already owns and giving it back to it. But I'd like for you to think about that as you begin this new year. Test God. Try Him out. 
That's what he's saying. Juan and I were still in college when we started giving 10% of our income. We couldn't afford it. We had put down our bills. We had counted up all of our expenses. We had talked about how that we just can't afford to tithe. But we decided that that's what we needed to do. And so we started doing it. And you know, I can tell you today that God has blessed us over the period of time that we've been married. And we don't just give a tenth now. We give more than a tenth. But anyway, we have been able to pay our bills. And God has blessed us. And I believe that God will bless you just like that as well. Because He promises us. And He asks us to test it. Now the fourth resolution. Choose to quit undesirable things. A lot of times as we look at the problems we have in our lives, we're treating the symptoms without addressing the root cause of what is making this a problem in our lives. Whatever it may be. And I know the Holy Spirit is going to convict you about the things that you're doing wrong or the things that you're not doing right. He'll do that. Now, as I said, some of these resolutions don't apply to everybody because you're already doing those things. But I've been pastor here now for two and a half years. I've gotten to know most of you pretty well. I can see where you're hurting. I can see where you have difficulty. Where your hidden pains are. And I've been personally praying for you in those areas as I found out about them, as you told me about them. But you can't change by yourself. Just like these other things that I've talked about, we need God's help. And He's able to help us do that. We need the powerful presence of God. If we want to change, if we want to start building our personal relationship with the Lord, then we need to invite Him into the changes that are needed and allow Him to take charge. We need a hunger for that change. We need a thirst for righteousness. The new year's here. Make it a year where you place everything into the capable hands of our God and allow Him to do through you and for you what we can't do for ourselves. Will you do that? As we close, listen to this poem. It's entitled, The New Year. It says, I'm the new year. I'm an unspoiled page in your book of time. I'm your next chance at the act of living. I'm your opportunity to practice what you've learned about during the past 12 months. All that you sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but with more determination. All the good that you tried and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicts and you desire it. All that you dreamed but didn't dare do. All that you hoped but did not will. All the faith that you claimed but did not have. These slumber lightly, waiting to be awakened by the touch of a stronger pur purpose and a stronger hand. I'm your opportunity to renew your allegiance to Him who said, Behold, I make all things new. Would you pray with me? Father, again we come before Your throne asking for Your help to live the life You want us to live 
in 2021. To make the decisions that we need to make. To accomplish the things we need to accomplish. To allow you to lead us. And I pray your blessings on each one that's here. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, our closing hymn today is Days of Elijah. I think this is one of your favorites, isn't it? Let's stand and we'll sing this together. lead us in our closing prayer and thank you for being here today and uh, be praying that we'll be able to meet on Sunday this next week thank you father
that out of the hills comes salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the Lord Jesus Christ who we worship. Thank you for all that you've given to us. Help us to rejoice in the Lord and give what we can for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.